morning, everybody. Great to see you here with us this morning. Let me invite you to stand as we sing our first couple of songs together. First song on Zion's Glorious Summit. On Zion's glorious summit stood a numerous host redeemed by blood. They hymned their king and strength divine. I heard the song and strove to join. I heard the song and strove to join. Hear all who suffer sword or flame for truth or Jesus' lovely name. South victory now and hail the Lamb and bow before the great I am and bow before the great I am while everlasting ages roll eternal shall feast their soul and scenes of bliss forever new rise in succession to their view rise in succession to worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. For He is our God, and we people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand and the sheep of his hand. Join your neighbor and say hello this morning.
Join me as we sing the next song, Wonderful, Merciful Savior. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. Counselor, comforter, keeper, spirit we long to embrace. You offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost our way. Oh, we've hopelessly lost our way. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. Almighty, infinite Father, faithfully loving your own, here in our weakness you find us falling before your throne. Oh, we're falling before your throne. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. Oh, Master, let me walk with thee in lowly paths of service free. Tell me secret help me bear the strain of toil the fret of care be seated please good morning Welcome to the Church of Christ at Mission Viejo. If you're a visitor, you're our honored guest. If you could take a moment to fill out a card in the back of the pew, you could put that in the offering plate. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Can I have all the fathers please stand up? Thank you, you're a true blessing. For prayers, we received a request from Tim and Veronique, um, sorry about that, for two people in the church in Santa Cruz. Dixie Berman has leukemia, and Kevin Moeller needs a kidney. Both kidneys have failed, so let's remember them in our prayers. We also received a card from the Stewarts 
to Mission Viejo Church of Christ. Thank you seems so inadequate to express our feelings to each and every one of you for all you've done with the recent passing of our son, Cole. We can never repay you for all your prayers, cards, food, and support that our family received during our great time of need. We love you all and hope you will continue to pray for us. And we want to pray for you. I know this is a tough day for your family. <laughs> our youth group, this Wednesday night, the youth group will be having a barbecue and hang out at 5 p.m. following the regular Bible study at 6.30 p.m. Next Sunday, we will be having a farewell and thank you luncheon for Don and Venus Elliott. Please plan to stay and bring fruit or desserts to share. Beach Bonfire, join us Sunday night, June 26th at 6 p.m. at Aliso Beach for fun and fellowship. Bring your dinner and let's have a great time. Ladies, the Hansen Feet Ministry will meet on Saturday, July 2nd at 10.30 a.m. Join us as we cut, pin, and sew fabrics for little dresses for the African orphans. We have Vacation Bible School coming up. Registration is ongoing on the website. Please sign up and get your friends and neighbors signed up um, also. You can get instructions from Mary Vaughn if you'd like to volunteer. Now, if everyone could please stand for this week's Bible verse. Let's all read this together. It's from 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Please be seated. you uh, pray for uh, Charles Cook and uh, because he had to go into a emergency uh, this week. Uh, just keep him on your prayers. He's a former member of ours. Let us pray. Our greatest and only Father, we come to you. Thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to be uh, breathing air today, uh, to be healthy, Father. And thank you for each and every one that's here uh, to come and worship you and may they uh, be uh, always thinking of you father if you're the only father that we have and thank you father for for giving us this building to uh, come and and uh, fellowship father we uh, are so thankful for that and Thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to to go in missions, Father. And thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to uh, tell others about you. Uh, we ask that you be with those that are not with us, if they are, Father, and you be with them and bring them back safely. And, Father, if they're ill, may you heal them and uh, restore them to 100%, Father, it's at your will. All that we ask is that you will uh, be with us throughout this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
mentioned this in the uh, Sunday morning class, in the adult class. We have another young lady who's not going to be with us after next Sunday. This young lady sitting up here on the front row, Miss Keene, is moving back with her husband up to uh, Lord's Town, just north of Fresno. So we want to keep her and her family in our prayers as she travels north and moves back up close to a lot of her family. So we're going to miss you. She told me she hadn't done anything to keep the bench warm there, so we did that really well. But all of you, all of those who know her know that she's done way more than keep that bench warm. She's done a lot more. She's been a phenomenally faithful gal here and encouraged us in so many, many ways. So we're going to miss you a lot, ma'am. Thank you for being a part of our church here and your family being with us. I do want to lead us in a prayer before we sing this next song for David and Laura. Uh, this is their first Sunday back with us since they, since we had the funeral and the interment for their son. So would you pray with me, please? Father in heaven, we come before you very, very humbly asking your blessings upon the Stewart family, most especially this day. It was not easy for them to get up this morning to prepare to come to this building. And it's not going to be easy for them to get up tomorrow or the day after, or even weeks and months in the, in, in the future. But Father, a huge part of their life is missing. And we know, all of us know, that there will come a day that we'll all be reunited and joined together. We'll stand arm in arm before the throne of grace. And we'll hear the words that you say to us, welcome home, good and faithful servant. But Father, until that day comes, there is an emptiness, and there's a void, and we just ask your blessings at that point, that somehow, some way, you may come and give them peace in the most difficult of times, and help them know that you are here. I ask, Father, again, that you surround them with your angels, and you lift them up on high, and you draw them very, very close to your heart. May they know that this church is here as their family, their brothers and sisters together, we're here to love them and support them. As the days and the weeks and the months pass, Father, may they know that this family truly does love them and is there for them when they have seen them by the afternoon and evening. Father, bless them this day, this week, and these days. In the name of Jesus, we pray. The church says, Amen. We sing this song in preparation of the Lord's Supper. One of the most powerful reasons that we gather day after day and week after week is to share in the communion of our Lord. So let's sing this song together as we prepare to share in the communion today. On bended knee I come, with a humble heart I come, bowing down before your holy throne, lifting holy hands to as I pledge my love anew, I worship you in spirit, I worship you in truth, make my life a holy praise unto you. a broken heart I come, bowing down before your holy throne. As I look 
this is a special day as we pay tribute to our fathers. Firstly, I've been blessed with an amazing father. However, it wasn't until I had children that I really understood how much sacrifice it takes to be a father. Likewise, we have a heavenly father that showed us the true meaning of sacrifice. When mankind continued to disappoint God, he sacrificed his own son to save us. Can you imagine the, the amount of love it takes to make that type of sacrifice? But we don't just have a great example of a loving father. We also have a role model for what it means to be a child of God. In John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, it says, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. And I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Jesus endured the cross and suffered many things to do the will of his Father. In fact, he lived his entire life to please his Father. As we reflect on the cross this morning, let's think about that great sacrifice. And let's remember how important it is every day to please our Heavenly Father. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for that great sacrifice. You sending down your son to earth to die on the cross for our sins. At this time, we want to ask that you please forgive all of our sins. Help us to remember it's because of that sacrifice that we can have the forgiveness of sins. At this time, we want to thank you for the bread, which the Christians represent your son's body. In Jesus' name, amen.
let's continue our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this fruit of the vine, which the Christians represent your son's blood. Help us to remember that great sacrifice and all the pain and suffering that took place upon the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the many things that my father taught me was family sticks together. You make sacrifices for one another. We've been called to give back to help our family here. So please think about that as you give today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we'd like to thank you for all your many blessings. Thank you for this amazing family we have here in Mission Viejo. Please be with us as we give back. Please help us give from the heart. In Jesus' name, amen.
as our children are being dismissed to their class during the sermon time, we want to invite them again to come toward the front as we sing our song to make a contribution toward the Oasis program that's found in Baja and Vicente Guerrero at the Iglesia de Cristo. Uh, it's a great ministry. Our children have begun to support. Just in the last couple of weeks, they've raised over $80 to uh, provide things for those kids, so we're excited to do that. We're going to sing, Oh, How I Love Jesus, as they uh, do this for us. So if you would, please join me as we sing the song, Oh, How I Love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear, I love to sing its words. It sounds like music in mine ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me, it tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Very good. Definitely read as uh, as we begin. It's from the uh, Almond family. Uh, and it says, through the power of prayer, I have been healed enough to function. Our property in Panama was sold, which freed us of the financial burden, uh, allowed myself to be forgiven. My entire family uh, became members of this church and were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. So thank you for all of your prayers, the Almond family. And uh, I tell you what, we're just so appreciative of you guys, and we have enjoyed watching and being a part of your transition of faith, and we're praying that Alice would hurry up and get home. She's been long, <laughs> she's been gone long enough, so we pray that she gets uh, back soon. So we, uh, we love you guys, and we're thinking of you daily, and also the Stewart family. So good to see you guys here this morning. We love you so much, and uh, uh, praying for you often. Good morning, and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest and that you're always welcome to this church whenever the doors are open. I don't know the reason for your visit this morning if you are visiting, but we're so excited that you have come this way and we believe you've come to the right church because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of America. Inside joke, if you're not in here. <laughs> uh, real quick, I want to say thank you to our young families uh, who came out to our courtyard gathering yesterday. We met at Lake Mission Viejo, and I think we might have had close to 30 uh, folk out there with us. And when we were out there, 
uh, it was it was packed. So we had trouble finding seating. Uh, Chris and Heidi, they, they had a little trouble getting there, but they made it out. And uh, we just had a wonderful time. So thank you for all the young families who came out. We had a great, great time. Check out the pictures on Facebook. You'll be surprised. Amen. Uh, so we want to thank you for that. Thank you, Brother Ed, for leading us in worship and for Brother Glenn, that, that wonderful communion thought. We really appreciate you. Today we, we celebrate Father's Day. And is it just me, or, or do you feel the same way? I, I notice a big difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day. Now, this, this is just me. Maybe, Corey, you can identify with where I'm coming from, brother. But I, I've been noticing a, a huge difference. You know, for Mother's Day, we go above and beyond the call of duty to make sure that mommy is happy, right? She wakes up, there's breakfast in bed, there's roses, right? Then there's this gift, and there's uh, all kind of stuff. And then after church, you take her out to eat, you give her a spa day, all the above. But then when it comes to Father's Day, I, I don't know, I, I'm feeling a little, a little different, right? So, <laughs> my daughter called me and said, Dad, is it okay to spend under $20 for, for Father's Day? And I said, yes, dear, that's, that's just fine to do. Um, you know, uh, we get our new tie and our new socks and our new cufflinks, and we're very, very appreciative of that. But I'm just, and Brian, where's our flowers? Brian Fouts, where are you? We pass out flowers to the ladies. Guys, we get nothing, huh? Anyway, I, you know, Father's Day is a very special day, so I want to say happy Father's Day to all of our fathers here this morning. Know that you are so special, and we appreciate you, and, uh, and, and we thank you. So uh, Father's Day, I do know this, is, is, is a day that comes with mixed emotions. It really is. Um, some of you this morning are, are brand new dads, which is exciting and, and, and fun. Uh, some of your fathers have gone to be with the Lord recently, or for some of you, some time ago. And when you think about Father's Day, it brings up a lot of stuff, and you remember it. So I know there's a lot of things going on in our heads. And there may be some of you here this morning that didn't even have the chance to know your father. So when we start talking about celebrating Father's Day, it comes with a host of mixed emotions. But many of us, I, I do know as well, had the best dads in the world, right? I'm one of those. I had the best dad in the world, and I think many of you could say the same thing. Whatever the case is, though, uh, let's honor our fathers today, okay? The first passage of Scripture that I want to look at is found... In Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12. And you know, if you've been here long enough as a part of our church, whenever we talk about Mother's Day or Father's Day, I always start with this verse, right? So you heard it uh, probably a month ago, but I'm going to put it up here again because I think it's so, so vitally important. And by the way, in your, uh, your bulletin this morning, you have a sermon outline. Take that out, if you will, and fill in the principles that are highlighted in red, okay? The scripture says here, honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long. If you are a believer in Christ, we have a commandment 
from God to honor our fathers. And if we neglect that command, we find ourselves in sin. God has given us our fathers to better our lives, to help us grow and to mature. And if we don't learn the discipline of honoring our fathers who we see in the flesh, how can we ever learn the discipline of honoring God the Father who is in the Spirit? And what's so interesting about this passage is notice that God never said, honor your father only if he was a good man, right? Scripture doesn't say that. There might be some of you here this morning who had terrible relationships with your father growing up. And when you think about your father, you get, that man, that man, that man, right? But the Bible here says, honor your father and your mother. Scripture tells us to honor them anyway, which can be a very challenging task. You honor them because that's what God says to do. And let me tell you this, it will never go well for you in life, and many of you can identify with this, it will never go well for you in life if you don't honor your father. No matter if he was a good man or a bad man, honor your father and your life will be blessed. And if you neglect that command, you'll typically have a more difficult challenge in life, okay? So I just want to spell that out. Honor your father and mother. And this verse is very important because it says if you do that, you will live long. And if you had a father like me, if you didn't honor dad, you, you wouldn't live long. A amen. Amen. First passage of scripture, second passage of scripture I want to look at is found in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4. Now, when I first became a, a, a father, um, I, I like to do a lot of research, you know. So when I first had my daughter, I got the parenting book, right? Fathers with daughters. First of all, I knew I was going to have a boy. Um, and then when Alayla showed up, I said, uh-oh, uh-oh. I had to change my strategy a little bit, right? Uh, I was looking forward to seeing my football player, and instead I got my daughter, who is an excellent basketball player, by the way. But I got a book, and I started reading up on, on what fathers should do when it comes to raising their children. I got all the different manuals. I'm a guy like that. You know, if I buy a dog, I'm getting a book on how to treat the dog. You know, I want to do my research and, and figure it out. And then I got so frustrated at one point because I saw conflicting theories and all this kind of stuff. That I said, let me throw all this aside and let me get into the book. Let me get into the Bible and figure out what the Bible says, right? And as I'm doing my research, and looking at what the Bible says, what I find is alarming. What I find is there, there are not too many passages that talk about how a father is supposed to interact with his daughter. I, I, I didn't see that much. Or how the father is supposed to really interact with their children. There's, there's, there's references, but I don't see that direct passage that says, Dads, do this or don't do this. But I did find one, and it was found in Ephesians chapter 6, and verse number 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This is the verse that I came across. It's also found in Colossians, right? And we read this, and we go, what, 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 what is this about? So... Um, 
I will say that there is a, a, a key verse that, that Paul Father needs to consider in this passage. It's Vasperate. What does that word mean? Right? I went back and did my Greek study on that word and tried to figure it out. And, and basically what that word means is constant fault-finding or nitpicking. That's what that word means. And it says, fathers, don't do that. And let me tell you, I'm a subject matter expert at nitpicking right? and fault-finding. I'm really good at that, right? And as I look at this passage, it becomes clear that we have to be careful not to do that with our children, right, fathers? Because if we do, the scripture says they will grow up and become discouraged. And what does it mean to be discouraged by a father who was one that would find fault and irritate and nitpick? What does it mean to be discouraged? Well, it means that the children grow up with a broken spirit. And they feel that they are never good enough. And even worse than that, they feel like they are no good at all. So this is the one passage that really hit home that I think fathers are called to really pay attention to. So that's the one thing that I just want to leave with you fathers, uh, just to remember this passage as a way to encourage you. Fathers are called to be encouragers, not discouragers, right? Um, so this verse has become very clear, and this is a verse that I try to make sure that I live by as a father often. But then I begin to think about it, you know, okay, this is the, the negative qualities, right? Things that we aren't supposed to do as fathers. What are the qualities of a good father that, that we see throughout Scripture? And this is where it's really neat and I get excited about because many of you uh, are outstanding fathers. And as I think about you and, and hear from your children and talk to, you know, parents, and, and there's some reoccurring themes here that I think are good qualities of fathers that I want to share with you this morning that I think many, many of you uh, show forth every single day with your children. So if you're taking notes, write this down. This is a question for you. What are the qualities of a good, good father? I've got four points for our learning this morning. And uh, where's Bill Bingham? Bill's not here today. He said, Jason, you were sick last Sunday, but you preached about an hour. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep <laughs> He was busting my chops yesterday. So, uh, so I'm going to try to keep my comments shorter today so you can go out and, and visit with your father uh, and celebrate with him today. So qualities of a good father. Okay, the first quality of a good father, I believe, is that a good father is tender. This is weird to me. This is, this is so weird to me, right? I can't believe that I've come to this, that the first thing that I put down on the list is tender. I'm a soldier. I'm a football player. I'm a man's man, right? The first thing I put down is tender. And this is probably the, the steepest learning curve, right? A, a man trying to raise his family needs to be tender. Now, I'm not talking about a man crying in public because we all know that real men don't do that, right? I'm joking. Joking, okay? Joking, right? I'm, I'm not talking about that, but what I'm saying is that a good father realized that the child's mind that they have in their care is receiving information constantly and is very impressionable. That's what we have to know, and that's what we realize and here's what I do know about children. They pick up on the father's body language and the language that comes out of our mouths, so forth and so on, right? So it's interesting because uh, Izzy says to me often, Dad, when you wake up in the morning, you're grumpy, right? <laughs> and I say, 
Izzy, how do you know that? She said, because when you wake up, you don't talk to anybody. You go and get your coffee, and your eyes are red, right? Right? So I realized that in the morning, I'm not grumpy. I just look like the Incredible Hulk, right? I just, it, but I have to make sure I'm tender with him in the morning because, you know, when men wake up, their voices are a little deeper in the morning. And I have two daughters, and they say, Dad, how are you doing? I'm great. You know, they're like, whoa. You know? So we, we, we have to learn to be tender and control that. And I think that is a great quality of a, of a father, to learn to be tender. Um, I remember when I was younger, I used to play peekaboo with the girls, in particular, Alayla. And I didn't know you were supposed to raise your voice slightly while you're playing peekaboo with the babies. So I would put the rag over Alayla's face and I would say, peekaboo, right? <laughs> and it would scare the living daylights out of her, right? And she was, ah! <laughs> and I would say, Mary, what's the problem? She said, why are you talking to the baby like that, right? So I had to learn to raise my voice and say, right? And it changes things. So we have to learn to be tender. And that's the quality of a good father. And I know many of you fathers here this morning are, are really good at that. <laughs> anyway, the other day, uh, Alayla, I'm talking a lot about my family today. Sorry. You hurt her finger coming back from school. And she said, Dad, look, I cut my finger. And I said, let me look at it. It was a little scratch. I said, ah, you'll be okay. And Izzy said, Dad, wrong answer, right? You're supposed to kiss her finger and ask if she's okay, right? So tender, that's a good quality of a father. We've got to learn to be tender. Point number two is this. A good father is patient. That's the quality of a good father, patient. And many of you here this morning know what that's like, right? You, you've had to be patient with your children. A man trying to raise his family, in this culture, it's, it's very hard to be patient. Why? Because we're results-oriented. And children, we know, take a long time to mature and to grow into maturity. They say the child's brain, a child's brain, is not fully developed until the age of 25, right? So teenagers really are crazy. Something's wrong with their brain. <laughs> I'm just joking, Nicole. No, I'm joking, Nicole, right? But they're, they're, it's, it's not connected fully, right? So that's why we make poor choices in our younger years and, and we make mistakes and we try and we do stuff and we put our hand on the oven and, and, and we light lighters inside the house and do just crazy stuff, right? Because our brains aren't fully connected yet and we just make mistakes and, and it's easy for parents to get upset and get frustrated about that. But a good father knows to be patient and realizes that it takes time for the child to mature. You see, they just come out and they're already developed and Jesse and they say, you got this. It takes time. And, and, and as parents, as fathers, we have to learn to be patient because fathers, for the most part, we, we, we are result-oriented and action-oriented, but we've got to learn to be patient. And when we're patient, it, it helps us tremendously, right? Point number three, a good father is a teacher. You know, I, I realize, and I'm just like Lynn this morning, I realize how blessed I am uh, to have uh, my father in my life. I, I realize that many of you uh, can say the same thing, but I know how blessed I am. Uh, my father was a great teacher to me and my siblings growing up, and he's still a great teacher to me today. I talk to my dad probably almost every day, it seems like. it. I, I talk to him that much. Um, and there are times when me and my father disagree, right? It, there are times. And I said, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. And then I go and do my own thing, and I end up getting beat up. And he's like, mm-hmm, I told you so, didn't I, right? 
And I realized that he was a great teacher, and I'm so appreciative to have a, a teacher like that. And what's so great is about my father is that he was taught by his father, right? So I have my grandfather and my father still living and still very much involved in my life. I got to call my grandpa yesterday and, and talk to him, and, and I realized how valuable that is. It's priceless to have the advice of your father in your life. But unfortunately, and the lessons that we learn from our fathers stay with us for a lifetime, don't they? Um, they stay with us for a lifetime. Many of you can think about some of those lessons that you learned from your dad that you will never, ever, ever forget. Whether they be good or bad, right? You will always remember them. The fathers, the quality of a, of a good father is that he is constantly teaching. And sometimes when it comes to teaching, that involves discipline, Right, that that involves discipline. The scripture says, "The Lord disciplines those who He loves." So, in this teaching, we have to put in that element of discipline. I believe fathers are called to be to be to be men who discipline. Right, and, and I'm not saying the mode, the method, or the means. <laughs> right, but we're called to discipline our children. If we let them run amok, they will run amok. Right, and in our discipline, I think we are called to model and to pattern some of these things. And then, lastly. A father, a good father, is a good example. Out of all the qualities that we talked about this morning, I think this is probably the most important. A good father is a good example. This is probably the most important quality. Children watch everything that their fathers do. Everything that their fathers do. And if a father talks a good game, but doesn't model the lifestyle they want their children to live, the children will pick up on that, and they won't live it. All right? So fathers are called to be good examples and to model the direction they want their children to go. I told my children to be Cavaliers fans. I don't know what happened with Alayla. <laughs> She's a Golden State Warriors fan. I model it and everything. Anyway, but we're called to model and to be an example, and hopefully those children, the children will follow that and model as well. I want to look at, as we begin to close this morning, uh, Luke chapter 15, okay, because it's, it's just a powerful story. It's the story of the, of the prodigal son. And I want to pull out a couple of things that maybe you haven't considered before uh, that I think is, is kind of neat and kind of interesting. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 15, uh, beginning in verse number 11, and I'm not going to switch through the slides. I just, if you have a copy of your Bibles, bust it out here with us. Luke 15, uh, chapter 15, verse number 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his father, and this is what I highlighted, this is the first thing that jumped out to me, give me. Have you ever had one of your kids come up and say, give me? Give me, right? Daddy, give me $20, right? Mama, give me something to eat, right? That, that I already see something wrong with this. So this younger, y'all know where I'm coming from? Give me, give me. I'm already seeing something wrong here. Give me the share of the estate. Now let me tell you what's really interesting about this passage is that the scripture says a righteous man stores up an inheritance for his children. So obviously the father was a righteous man and he was saving and, 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 and putting things in and wants to take care of his children for a long time. And usually when you get your inheritance is when? It's when the parents pass away. 
So do you think about, can you think about the audacity of this statement? Basically saying, Dad, I wish you were dead, now give me my inheritance. If that was my kid, your front teeth would be gone. No, I'm just joking, just joking. Right? Dad, I wish you were dead and give me what I, I want. Give it to me. And the father did this. So he divided his property between them. You see this patience and this tenderness here? Now, we can't read between the lines. We can't figure out what the father said to his son. But let's continue on. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country where he squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything there, was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. And this is what I love. This is what I love. So he got up and went to his father. And look at this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now, if you've ever done some study on this and what this represents and what this means is is back in this time period, culturally, the men wore sandals and they wore robes, right? Uh, So we read passages where it says before a man runs, he must gird up his loins and tie it up and, and prepare himself so he can go take off and run and do what he needs to do in this passage. What is so powerful is he sees his son from a distance and this man just said, forget everything, I'm going to run and I'm going to go meet my son, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not angry with him. I think what he did was, was wrong, but I love him so much and I realize that he came to his senses that I'm going to go run and I'm going to meet him and I'm going to love him and I'm going to fall on his neck and I'm going to Powerful illustration of a father's love for children. And I love this passage because I think it just models how fathers should be in the flesh, but most importantly, how our Heavenly Father is with us, right? No matter how bad we mess up, no matter how many mistakes we make, no matter how many foolish things that we do, God will always love us. No matter how far we run away, God is always there to say, come on back home, son or daughter. I've been waiting for you. Come on back and let me love on you. Now, there may be some of you here this morning that just feel so distant from God. God is here this morning saying, come on. Come on. I want to love on you. As we close this morning, I want to end with, Psalm 103.13. And I said as we close this morning about four times, didn't I? Yeah, thank you, Amanda. Appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Psalm 103, verse number 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear 
him. Now, this word fear is an interesting word because I think in this passage, the word fear means to honor and to respect. And that's all God is asking from you, to honor and to respect him. And if you honor and you respect him, what's keeping you from being reconciled to him? You honor and respect him, right? So I want to leave you uh, with a couple of thoughts on on some practical application this week, and, and then we'll close. You know, I think a father's greatest joy is when his children love and respect him. There's, there's nothing like it. It's a father's greatest joy. And, and, and I think there's a passage in, in Proverbs that says, uh, uh, blessed is the man who has a whole bunch of children, right? It doesn't say it that way. That's a darn international version, but uh, right? Blessed is the man who has a bunch of children, right? Because we know there's something about a chil- child's love and respect that, that is life-changing. So the question I want to I pose to you this morning and close with is, well, how can we implement this this week? How can we show our fathers that we love them and we cherish them this week? How can we do that? Okay, so here we go. If your father is still living, which I know many of you, your fathers have passed on, but if they're still living, what I want you to do this week is I want you to call them up or write them and just ask them for his advice. Right? I remember growing up, I didn't want to hear my dad's advice. I didn't, right? Until I begin to have my own children, and I love when my girls come up to me and say, Dad, what do you think about this? Because it tells me and it communicates to me that they honor and respect what I'm going to share with them, and I think that's really neat. And now what I do is I find myself calling my dad often and saying, Dad, what do you think about this? And he really appreciates it. And he says, I don't know. Let me check with my dad, (laughs) which is really neat. So if your fathers are still living, I would just encourage you to give your, call, your dad a call this week and, and chat with him. Say, Dad, what do you think about this? And then actually do what he says and see what happens, right? Here's something else you can do that I think many of you have already done that I think is so awesome. Post a pic of your dad on your social media page this week with some, some kind word about, about him. I think that's really neat. So if your father has passed on and is no longer living and you are in the social media world, Take a picture and post it of your dad online and say a kind word. And it's, it's really powerful and it's really neat. And I think that shows honor and respect. And then lastly, for all of you who are not into social media, first of all, I don't know why, right? You need to get up. Come on, catch up now. <laughs> but anyway, for, for those of you who are not into that, I, I would say here's something that you can do that I think that is pretty neat. Every day this week, starting today, every day this week, starting today, If your father is no longer with you here in the flesh, I would encourage you to lift up a prayer to the Lord every day this week, thanking the Lord for giving you your father. Can you do that this week? Every day, just pray, Lord, thank you for blessing me with the dad that I have. And I think that's powerful. This morning, we've got a song of invitation selected. If there is anyone here this morning that needs to respond to the message, that needs to come forward and learn to honor and respect their heavenly father, this invitation is for you. Or maybe you have something against your father here in the flesh and you know scripture says you you need to honor them today. I would encourage you to come forward, okay? We'll pray with you, we'll pray for you to encourage you to build you up. Some of our elders will be in the front, some of them will be in the back. If you want to walk to the back and have someone pray with you or come to the front, we'll be available to do that. Um, This morning, if you want to put the Lord all in, Lord on in baptism, you have the opportunity as well. We have a baptistry ready, prepared. Whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come?
together while we stand and sing this song of invitation. William Allman has come forward this morning asking for what many of us need, and that is more patience. I think we can all relate to that need. And so now, if you will, let's go to prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful to have a place to congregate, to hear more of your word, to honor you and worship you. We're thankful for all the members of this congregation and all the work and all the feeling they have for one another. And at this time, we're thankful for men like William who have the courage to confess what many of us lack, and that is patience. So if you would, Father, please provide William with the patience he fervently wants and be with all of us as we go about our daily lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Maybe invite you to stand as we sing a closing song and then we'll be dismissed for our, for our afternoon with our dads at this caroling service. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory church said, amen. Go with God this week. God bless you.